welcome everybody. Welcome. That's just a small percentage. There's more. So why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to read our theme verse for this series called Stretch. As you know, in the beginning of the year, we do a series uh, where we talk about stewardship and putting God first. And at the end of the year, we do a series on mission. You have that card called Mission 2020, and you have an opportunity, if God leads you, to partner with us in literally spreading the news of Jesus around the world. So let's read together our theme verse, Isaiah 54, verse 2 and 3. I want you to all read it out loud. Those joining us online, you can do the same. I wish I could hear the person or people in England because I love it when it has an accent. I would do it, but I would butcher it. So here we go. Ready? Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. Do not spare Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. I want you to close your eyes. As you close your eyes, will you pray with me? I want to pray for all the people that have been affected by the fires. Many people have been displaced, lost their homes. So let's pray together. Father, we thank you that, Lord, your word says you're an ever-present help in time of need. Lord, in this moment of need for so many people, I pray that you would just step in and be so present. Pray that you would... Lord, meet the needs that they have. Lord, thank you for all the emergency shelters that were opened. I know, Lord, we um, offered to be an evacuation center as well. But Lord, I thank you that, Lord, you're going to meet them at their point of need and you're going to bless them, strengthen them, and help them. Cover them, give peace, help them to sleep at night with peace. Lord, provide every need. And Lord, speak to us today. Lord, let us be people who stretch farther than we ever thought possible so that you could do things we never even dreamed. Now take a second, just 10 seconds, and lean in to the Holy Spirit in your own way. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Anoint everything spoken and anoint our hearts to receive it. And everybody shouted, amen. amen. You may be seated. Thank you, Chris. I want to give you the big idea for the weekend. And uh, if you're taking notes, write this down. I'll do a little review as we go through the verse, but our big theme for the weekend is that God is wanting us to stretch our resources, stretch our resources. I want to go back to the verse, and uh, we're going to kind of take a moment and review as we work through it. Last week, we learned that God's looking for us to enlarge the place of our tent. Last week, we learned that God wants us to stretch our, our vision, to dare to believe for bigger things, to dream bigger. That's really what the Higher Vision Church is all about, that God can do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask, dream, or imagine, to stretch our vision. And we learned the context here was that the children of Israel had been in exile. God is bringing them out of exile back into the land of Israel. But when he comes back, when they return, he says, don't return with the same mindset and the same vision. Expand it. Enlarge your vision to believe for more. And that's what we're doing because at Higher Vision, we're in a a bigger dream, a, a stretching vision season. We're expanding. We're launching Canyon Country. Next weekend will be our second previous service. Our first one had 375 people there. We had people get saved. It was incredible. God is blessing in Blythe. He's blessing in Santa Paula. He's blessing online. And we're now stretching our vision. And we're going to do that through mission. And I'll share that more with you in a moment. So week one, we learned stretch your vision. And then we learned the next, next phrase, which says, and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwellings. We learned part two is that God wants us to stretch beyond our comfort. And that sometimes the miracle is on the other side of our comfort zone. How I many know that Peter had to get out of the boat to walk on water? And so sometimes we have to stretch beyond our comfort. 
So this week, I want to give you the next little phrase, and we're going to touch on this. I'm going to give you some examples of what I believe this is about in the Bible, share some stories. It's going to be a little different today, and then we're going to come back and we're going to pray and give you an opportunity to pray about being a part of Mission 2020. So it says, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your curtains, and then it says, and say these words with me, ready? Do not spare. Let's try it again, ready? Do not spare. It's interesting because this phrase, basically, do not spare, is a Hebrew phrase, and here's basically what it means. It means to burst at the seams. It means, I'm sorry, I I jumped ahead. It actually means... Just making sure you're paying attention this morning. In the Hebrew, it actually means this. Do not withhold. Do not keep back. Do not save. But spare no expense. Isn't it interesting that in connection to stretching our vision, getting beyond our comfort zone, is that God says when you do that, here's how you do it. You've got to stretch your resources. You've got to spare no expense. How many know when it comes to kids, parents do not spare, they spare no expense? In fact, I was thinking of it this morning. In fact, I went online to look at what families now are doing for their kids, and I I decided to look up birthdays. You would not believe how parents are going over the top with birthday parties for their children. I mean, I'm not kidding you. I was, I was literally, my jaw was on the table this morning that what parents are doing for birthday parties. I mean, when, come on, when I was a kid, come on, remember when you were a kid? When you were a kid, you were lucky to get a cake out of a box, you know, that your mom made with some homemade frosting, you know, the, the kind with clumps in it. It wasn't all this smooth, nice, Betty Crocker, tastes so beautiful. It was like, I'm going to try to make some frosting. Let's hope it, let's hope it turns out, frosting. Come on, when I was little, you were lucky to have not a party, but a cake, right? I mean, it was different back then. Now people are doing crazy stuff. I mean, having live reptile parties and, and animated characters and um, literally edible art. I mean, I was reading, it's unbelievable what parents are doing for their children. Because as parents, because we love our kids, we want to spare no expense. In fact, how many know that when it comes to your kids, if you think they have potential to be an Olympic athlete, and I mean, every parent thinks that their child's going to be a professional baseball player. Um, But how many know, or or if you feel like they have a gift maybe in the arts, that people literally will move, I meet them at this church on a regular basis, who have moved from other parts of the country to this part of the country because their kids are trying to make it in the industry. So they'll spare no expense. They'll drain their savings account. They'll, if they have to use some retirement, if they have to get an extra job or work extra hours, they'll, they'll drive hours, sit through rehearsals and through practices. Why? Because we love our kids, because we have a vision of the potential in our kids. They'll invest and stretch their resources to invest in the vision, in the potential. Y'all with me? And that's really what we see in this passage. In this passage, God says, when you see the potential, in fact, it's talking about spiritual inheritance, right? Not just that the kids are gonna get to come back, but that all the Gentiles, not just the Israelites, but all the Gentiles. There's this, he said, single barren mother for you're gonna have children. So this idea of spare no expense when it comes to the vision. Stretch your resources. And here's what's cool. When you do, when you have the courage to stretch in faith, 
spare no expense. I want you to see what happens. Because let's read the next part of the verse. It says, expand the tent, stretch out the cords of your dwelling, spare no expense. And then it says this, and we'll read a little bit of the rest of that verse next week. But it says, here's what happens when you do. You shall, what's the next word? Expand to the right and to the left. Now, this is back to the Hebrew word that I gave away in the last moment because I got ahead in my notes and had to rewind. Come on, anybody got ahead? All right. Some of you are ahead right now because you're thinking about the football game and lunch and all that. Okay, so hang in there with me. Rewind. When it says you're going to expand to the right and the left, here's what that means. Bursting at the seams, breaking out, can't contain it, That's what the scripture says. That when you expand your vision, when you get out of your comfort zone and then you spare no expense in seeing that vision come to pass, the Bible says that you're gonna have this bursting at this. I had that happen for me. Um, In fact, it happens to me, this idea, this is what came to my mind, this idea of the bursting at the seams, running over the top, can't contain it moment. That happens to me every time I come to our refrigerator. Now I have a refrigerator and you need to pray for my refrigerator because I think that I have some kind of demonic spirit going on in the ice machine in my refrigerator. Come on, have you ever had a refrigerator that just does weird things? Maybe we need to have everybody come and anoint it with oil, Pastor Chip, I don't know. But here's what happens. I come in and I grab my cup and I put it on the ice maker and I push it in. And as soon as I do, it starts this like um, dry heave gurgling sound and nothing comes out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Kind of does this kind of a thing. And I'm like, you know, I push it again, I push it again. And then after I'm about ready to, you know, um, use a bad word, not really, just teasing, but I'm, I'm frustrated. And um, suddenly ice just starts pouring out. Anybody have the same thing happen to you? And it just doesn't come in little like tiny pieces. It comes in like a whole bag full of ice thing. And, and it pours into the glass and I mean in a cup and it spills over the top and it falls on the ground. And then immediately I get all nervous because first of all, the dogs come and eat the ice because they love the ice. Secondly, you got little pieces of ice that are melting on the floor. I immediately think of what my wife is going to say. You better clean that up because if you don't, someone's going to track through it and it's going to get dirt on the carpet. And so I immediately get stressed out. Come on, can you feel my pain? and it's just bursting it's falling it's bursting at the seams it's spilling over the top and so then of course I've got to do something about it so as a a good father does as a good husband in the house I kick the ice under the refrigerator (laughs) come on have you ever done that but then I realize no I'm going to get caught because there's water everywhere so I have to go and clean it up and it's a whole issue pray for me That's the picture of what the scripture says when you stretch your resources, when you spare no expense for the vision. God says on the other end, there are these bursting out of the seams, running over the top, can't contain it, blessings that God wants to bring in connection to your life and his kingdom. Let me ask the question, how many of you want to experience bursting at the seams, flowing over the top, can't contain it, blessings in your life and in the vision God has called you to? So if you're going to experience that, then let me show you how we can do that. What is a way that you and I can stretch our resources in connection to the vision that God has for our city, 
Now, I'm going to share with you some of the things we're doing as a church. I believe in this principle of sowing and reaping. Now, I want to say I'm not teaching a prosperity gospel in extreme where God just wants to make you rich so that you can consume it for yourself. No, God wants to bless us both spiritually, physically, financially. Why? So that we can be a blessing. Y'all with me? So I want to just teach on it. So here's two ways, real quick, that you can stretch your resources or a way to do that, a principle in the Bible that we can see the bursting at the seams, running over the top, can't contain a blessing. Here's the first one. And that is through an act or a bold act of obedience. Bold acts of obedience. There's a story in the Bible about a widow. And she was down to a little bit of oil and a little bit of flour in the two pots in the middle of a great depression. She had just enough to make one meal for her son and her. And then she was going to make it. And then they were going to basically die because they had nothing left. And suddenly the prophet shows up and he tells her something. Let's go to the the scripture in 1 Kings 17. He says, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said. In other words, I've asked you to make a meal. But what happens is Elijah shows up and he says, I'd like for you to get me a glass of water and I'd like for you to make me a meal. And then she tells him, listen, this is all I've got left. And he says, no, go ahead and do it. Make the meal for me first. That's I mean, that's a a big ask, but God is speaking to her in faith. And so he says, do what you said, make a little bread for me first. So you're going to make this meal for your family, but instead give to the vision and the kingdom first. Now I know that goes against culture. It it doesn't make sense. It sounds um, uh, almost harsh and mean that God would ask a widow with hardly anything to stretch her resources to give to God first says, but make a little bread for me first, then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, there will always be flour and oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. You see, sometimes God will speak to us. Maybe for you this weekend, it's going to be taking that Mission 2020 card and he's going to speak to you to give um, a commitment monthly to missions or to give a a one-time gift. And that's going to be a stretch for you to do that. Maybe he's going to speak to you about something else. Maybe it's a bold act of obedience to, to go out and generously give forgiveness to someone you think doesn't deserve it. God sometimes calls us to bold acts of generosity. And so watch what happens. She does it. And when she does, she has this bursting at the seams, flowing out of the top, can't contain a blessing because what happens is, is her jars that were empty fill up and they never run dry. For the next three and a half years, they just keep filling up and keep filling up. You know, sometimes the reality is that God calls us to bold acts of obedience Because he's teaching us a principle. Because when we do that, here's what happens. Obedience is doing the what when we don't understand the why. Obedience is doing the what when we don't understand the why. You see, the what was God was saying, I want you to boldly act in faith, stretch your resources, and give to the kingdom. And here was the the what, but she didn't know the why. You see, the why was that God knew that She needed food, not just for today, but for the next three and a half years. 
And he knew the only way for her to get it was for her to stretch her resources for the vision that he'd called him to. And that was the thing that unlocked the over the top, bursting at the seams, can't contain a blessing that God had for her. And not just that, here's the cool thing, is that God knew that she needed more than food. She needed a physical miracle because the Bible says that her son dies. And when her son dies, I've shared this before. In fact, I think I shared it a year ago. When her son dies, God knew that the prophet who he would use to raise that son from, from death to life would have been in another country far away and could have never saved her son if God hadn't brought her to him to a widow who he was asking to do a bold act of obedience. You see, God knew that she needed a resurrection moment. You see, here's the reality is sometimes God called us, calls us to do a what because we don't understand the why. God had called her to boldly act in faith and so she boldly acted in faith and what happened? God gave her what she needed when she didn't know she needed it. And I want to tell you, sometimes God calls us to connect our resources with his kingdom and his purposes, not to hurt us but to help us. Not not to to scorn us or curse us, but to bless us, to position us for him to release promises in our lives. You know, this happened to my wife and I a few years ago, and I'll just make it quick, but um, we had a next door neighbor. He He had committed suicide, had left his wife in bad financial place, and she had not, at the time, not been working. So now she was working, had an old junker car, trying to get to work and back. It was a long commute. And uh, one day as I was driving up, the Lord spoke to my heart and said, Jared, I want you to give your truck to her. Now, my wife and I, we didn't have a lot of resources, but we did have a, a truck that was paid off. And so I went to my wife, we talked about it, we prayed about it, and I went over and knocked on the door and, and said, hey there, I know we don't know you real well, and you know, we had actually prayed for, them when her, prayed for her when her husband had died, but I went over and I said, you know, I know this might be a little weird, but I feel like I'm supposed to give you my truck. And she breaks down and she begins to weep. And I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, yes. She goes, you don't understand. She goes, I've got this job that, that, that opened up for me, but the problem is, is that my car keeps breaking down. And if my car breaks down one more time, I'm probably going to lose my job. You don't know that if you, by you doing this, I'm going to now get to work. And here's the thing, by getting to work, I'm going to keep my house. Because if I can't keep my job, I'm behind on the house. I'm not going to keep my house. And she began to weep and she hugged me and cried. And, and I, I was like in tears. And so I gave her the keys, gave her the, the uh, 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 what is it, the title. Thank you. Yeah, I gave her the pink slip and the title. Gave it to her, walked back over to the house and, and told the vet. And we were just crying and so happy. And God had called us to do the what? A bold, this was a big step for us because we had two cars. Um, now we had one and we had two little kids that weren't in school yet. So it meant that my wife had to get up early, wake up the kids, take me to work. Then when it was nap time, wake them up from their nap. <laughs> come on, that needs a lot of prayer. <laughs> to come and get me at work. And when I got to work, I couldn't leave. I had to stay. It was a sacrifice. It was a bold act of obedience. But we just were called to do the what, not knowing what the why was. Because here was the real why. Because of that bold act of generosity, our neighbor not only kept her house, but she came to me one day and said, what time are you guys' services again? She came to church. She accepted Jesus because, see, God wasn't wanting to just save her house. He was wanting to save her soul. God wasn't just wanting her to get to work. He was wanting her to get to heaven. 
Sometimes our bold act of obedience, we don't understand the why. We're just called to do the what. And I want to encourage you that stretching your resources, sometimes God will speak to you and he'll say, hey, it's time for you to stretch. Maybe for you, that bold act of obedience is that you're going to say, you know what? I'm going to drive to Canyon Country. If we need some foundational families, then for the next six months or the next year, I'm going to make that my service. I'm going to help build that campus, that location, because there are people over there that need to know about Jesus. Maybe for you, it's signing up to be involved in an area of ministry and giving of your time. That's a bold act of obedience because you've got a lot on your plate. Maybe for you, it's taking that card and saying, God, if you're speaking to my heart, I'll give. And maybe God's going to speak to you to do something significant. It's bold. It's audacious to dare to give a certain amount monthly when things are tight. I'm going to tell you that when we do the what, God always has a why. And I'm going to tell you one of the blessings is that when you give, the Bible says that he will bring back. It's not always money. Sometimes it's other areas in your life, peace, family, all kinds of things. But God always brings it back. And here's how he brings it back. Bursting at the seams, running over the top, can't contain it, blessings. Come on, somebody say amen. Let me give you another way that you can stretch your resources. Not only through an act of bold obedience, could be many things, but the second thing is when you follow this principle, and that is release what's in your hand. Release what's in your hand. I want to share another story in the Bible, and this one is an example of this, and there's some cool truths in here that I want to point out, but I want to set it up. It's a story about the 5,000. They'd come to hear Jesus speak. Jesus is speaking, and then what happens? We see a bursting at the seams, flowing over the top, can't contain it, miracle, because a, a couple pieces of fish and five loaves of bread turn into a catered meal for 20,000 people. I mean, and then not only do they feed the 20,000, but there's 12 baskets left over. Each disciple got to take home a doggy bag. <laughs> now, I heard a pastor explain it this way, because I like to get into what was the story like, what really happened. So I'm going to share with you kind of uh, what he was explaining and give a little bit my twist on it. But this is kind of what it might have been like. So Jesus is speaking. Peter and John, the disciples are sitting there. And as they're sitting there, have you ever had one of those moments when the pastor's preaching and your stomach starts to growl? And then it keeps growling, and you're like nervous like everybody hears it. And it turns from a growl into a roar. So Peter's probably sitting there, and his stomach starts growling. And remember, Jesus had been preaching all day long. Don't worry, we're going we're gonna to finish on time. He's preaching all day long, and suddenly Peter leans over to John. He's like, um, John, you know, Jesus is, is good. This, this is good, but I'm getting hungry. How about, how about you? He said, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really hungry. He said, you know, I don't know if Jesus realizes how long he's going. Um, he, he must not be paying attention to the countdown clock in the back because he doesn't see it at all. So I was thinking, what if, what if we uh, let him know that he's been going a long time so he can, you know, wrap it up? And John's like, well, you're going to be interrupting the, you know, the Jesus while he's teaching. Um, and you're going to tell him that you're hungry? That's the reason why? And so Peter's like, well, how about we tell him the people are hungry? And, and John's like, yeah, yeah, that's good, because Jesus loves the people. So we'll go and we'll interrupt and uh, take him, you know, tell him. So Peter's like, okay, I got this. So he kind of works his way to the front. And he's like, <clears throat> Jesus we, we, we were talking, your, your disciples who were with you all the time, who know you, and know the, and you've trained us. We were thinking, you know, you've been doing a great job. 
I mean, this has been good, but we're thinking, you know, it's, it's late, you've been going a long time, and the people are very hungry. So we think maybe you should, you know, wrap this up. And Jesus says, oh, you want me to wrap it up? The, the people are hungry? He's like, the people are hungry. He says, okay, well, I tell you what, how about I just keep going and you feed them? Excuse me? I say, yeah, you feed them. He's like, but, but we, we, we don't have much. He's like, well, what do you have? He says, well, we, we have a takeout order from Long John Silver's. It's a two-piece meal with the five, two pieces of fish with the five uh, hush puppies. Come on, have you ever had that? So, anybody love the Long John Silver's? Some of you are like, you eat at Long John Silver's? What are you, a redneck? Come on. I'm... So he's like, all we've got is a two-piece meal from Long John Silver's. And he's like, well, okay, great. Why don't you do that? We'll feed him with that. And so what does he do? The Bible says that Peter then gives it to Jesus. What he had, he gave to Jesus. And when he gives it to Jesus, I want you to see what happens. Remember, we talked about releasing what's in your hand. Here's what it says. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish and looked up towards heaven and blessed them. Now, they're going to keep this verse up for a minute, but let me just point out something, because when I first read that, it's really interesting to me, and it's simply this. When I read that, here's what it tells me. God blesses what you put in his hands. In fact, a lot of people, could it be that you keep saying, God bless my company, God bless my finances, God bless my time, but God's not blessing it because it's still in your hand, not in his. You see, God blesses what we put in his hands. In fact, could I say, maybe, maybe the key to the bursting at the seams over the top, can't contain a blessing, is letting go of what you're holding and releasing it into the hands of the Lord. Maybe God would bless your time. Well, you don't understand, Pastor Jared, I've got so much on my plate, I don't have time to, to serve in the kingdom and help in that way. You know, I'll pray. I'll do something on when I'm driving to work. You, maybe the key to increasing and multiplying your time is rather than holding it, release a little bit of it into the hands of God because what God has in his hands, he blesses. Just throwing it out there. Just, y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Then it goes on to say this. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, now watch this, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He kept giving. He kept giving. He kept giving. Here's what's interesting. Watch. The multiplication, the bursting at the seams miracle God multiplying happened through releasing, not holding. As Jesus gave, it multiplied. I think that the reason God did it that way is because God couldn't give him 5,000 takeout meals from Long John Silver's all at once. Right? Makes sense. I mean, what would have Jesus done? Like, ah! So he couldn't handle... All at a moment, he had to handle it through motion. And we say, well, God, I want you to bless me. So, pastor, when I win the lottery, when I get that big inheritance, maybe the miracle is waiting to come because God's waiting for you to start releasing what you have. Because it's in the releasing that the multiplication came. 
Jesus modeled it to his disciples. In fact, what's interesting is he received what they gave him, he blessed it, he broke it, and then he gave it. And through the giving, it multiplied. It just kept multiplying. And because the disciples received it, then they turn around and mul- they, they re- repeated what Jesus did, what they had received, they give. What does the scripture say? Freely give as you have freely received. The problem is, and let, let me explain it this way. My wife made this amazing dessert the other day. And then, um, you know, the family was there. And we we're going to eat dessert. And so she, you know, carves out a big piece of pie and she hands it to me. And then I take it and then I do what I should do, or at least I think I should do. I start eating it. And it was delicious. And I was happy. And she looked at me. She's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating it. She said, no, no, no. I gave that to you to give to the kids. Take it to the table and give it to somebody. In other words, she had given it to me. And rather than giving it through me, I ate the seed rather than release the seed. And there's a lot of people that are consuming the blessing rather than releasing the blessing. But what they don't realize is that the key to bursting at the seams, flowing over the top, can't contain it. Blessings of God in your life is that you can't eat the seed. You've got to release the seed. Because God doesn't want to just give it to you. He wants to give it through you. The multiplication comes through releasing from our hands. Come on, y'all with me? Say amen. So let me do this. I want to show you. As the Lord speaks to your heart, and let me just say at Higher Vision Church, you've heard me talk about giving. If you give or you don't give, I will never know. Because as a pastor, I've made a decision to to not know that. Some of you say, why? Well, because I'm, I'm human, and I know that I might be tempted to like really like certain people and then be like, what's up with you? To other people. I'm just being honest. So I don't want that temptation. I'd rather not know. And let me say, you don't have to give. You don't have to tithe. You don't have to be generous to get to heaven. You get to heaven through faith in Christ, not of works, lest any man should boast. But I will tell you this. I don't believe you'll ever experience bursting at the seams, flowing over the top, can't contain it, blessings of God, until you learn the power of radical, bold acts of obedience and releasing from your hands generously to invest in the kingdom and the things that matter to God. Because here's what I've learned, is that when you care about what God cares about, God starts to really care about what you care about. So you have an opportunity to invest time, talent, treasure. Hopefully some of you will invest treasure and commit monthly to missions. Let me show you some of the missions we're doing. Let me show you real quick. So we believe in, in like the model in, in the Bible says that you're going to go from Jerusalem to Judea and to the ends of the earth. So we have three areas that we focus in in our missions giving for 2020. Local missions. Here's some of the things we give to. Is last year, Higher Vision gave out through outreach and missions almost $400,000 um, around the world and around the region. Come on, somebody say amen to that. But we can't do that without giving to missions. Here's what we do. The pregnancy center. We saw hundreds of babies saved that would have been aborted last year. We supported them. Light of hope. People get set free from addiction. Malachi men. We have people going into the prison every week ministering to prisoners. They're getting saved and getting baptized right across the street. Help the children. It's a food bank in town where people that are struggling can go and get food. Our Santa Paula campus. um, We're remodeling that campus. We're relaunching that campus. We do outreaches for food. We do backpack outreaches. 
churches. Not only that, Canyon Country location. We're expanding in this region the message of Jesus and taking it to the east side of the valley. Not only that, SCV outreach. We're doing things like helping provide meals a couple times a month at the, the local shelter. Not only that, but we're also developing and paying for some curriculum for mental health issues. So people that want to get in a circle, they're struggling with mental health issues, they can get in a support group or a place where people will stand and pray with them. That's what your Missions 2020 um, Stretching Your Resources does. Let's go on to another. Nationally, we're going to Blythe. We're going to get ready this year to give $10,000 to replace all of the pews with chairs in the Blythe campus. I went there two weeks ago, showed up. They had the biggest service weekend attendance on a normal weekend. They had 150 at Blythe. They started with four. Now they've got 150. They had like 20 people get saved that weekend. Problem is, is their, their little auditorium, they can't use it for anything but a service on Sunday because the pews get in the way. So we're going to give $10,000 to get the pews out so they can have chairs and move them around and have youth events and have banquets and do outreaches. We're going we're to bless Blythe. That's one of the things we're doing. Also, ARC, that's a ministry where we partner with other churches to plant churches. Last year, we planted dozens of churches all across America with other churches together pooling our resources. You and I did that through our stretching of our resources. Let's also talk about international. Next year, we're going back to Mexico. We, we rented a facility for a, a, a church meeting in a garage to have their own campus. We rented that. We're going to do it again, and we're going to rent another one for another church. We're expanding in Mexico. We're also in Cambodia. We're, we're giving money to help um, a SWAT team go in and rescue people that are stuck in tra- um, sex trafficking. We're also so going to Africa, we're planting four new building, four new churches in Africa next year. Come on, somebody say amen. How awesome is that? We're going to Lebanon. Someone gave this week some money, and in this new year, we're going to plant at least four, maybe five new churches, tent buildings in the middle of a refugee camp with hundreds of thousands of people, all Muslim speaking, all Muslim believing. We're going to spend, um, we're going to share the love of Jesus, plant churches right there in those refugee camps in Lebanon this year. We're also going to the Philippines and planting churches there. We're going to be in Haiti. We're going to actually help build an orphanage in Haiti, and we're going to Hungary to do missions there. Come on, how many know it's worthwhile to stretch our resources? We're doing that together, you and I. So I want to end with two verses and bring this to a close. So I was praying about it and this idea of multiplication. Now let me just stop and say, I hope you hear today my heart. My heart is not to say, hey, we need to give, we need to stretch so that we can get. Listen, the heart of the the kingdom, the heart of the, the scripture is not to give so we can hit the lottery and get. It's so that we can partner and invest in what matters to God. That's why the scripture says, enlarge your tent. Spare no expense. Why? Because there's going to be this harvest of thousands and millions and billions of people that will be saved through investment. So we don't give to get, but aren't you thankful that God loves us so much that when he sees our heart, he wants to bless us. And so I believe in this principle that God will bring it back. And when he brings it back, it won't be the same. It'll be pouring over the top, bursting at the seams. You can't contain it. Let me show you a verse. It's found in the book of Luke, chapter 6. The context is a verse about many things. Giving, it also is talking about judging. It's talking about grace. It's talking about forgiveness. So this idea of what you release, it's going to come back. Look what it says. Give 
and you will what? You'll receive. Your gift will return to you in full, but when it comes back, it won't just be the same. It'll be pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and pouring into your lap, ice all over the kitchen. Because the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. In other words, God multiplies, but we get to be a part of the multiplication factor. Because however much we decide to stretch, God will stretch farther and go above and beyond what you could ask, dream, or imagine. Let me show you one more verse and then we're going to end. And it's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Remember this. A farmer who plants a few seeds will get a small crop. So in other words, we get to participate in the multiplication factor of the blessing. So if we just stretch a little, we get a little bursting. But the Bible says this. But one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then he says this. You must decide in your heart how to give. How much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully, willingly, happily. And God will, now watch this, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over, pouring over the top, bursting at the seams to share with others. So I share this because the message this weekend is stretch your resources. The question is how far are you going to stretch? With your time, with your talents, and with your treasure. What's interesting for my wife and I, it's like we've discovered that God never wants us to retreat in our giving. Every year it's like we feel like God wants us to do more. Last year God stretched us to give like four or five times more than we'd ever given to missions before. And then guess what? We started this series. I met with the staff. I passed out the cards. I prayed and then God said, take it to the next level. So this year for us, we're stretching our resources. But you know what I've discovered? Every time that I do, I've discovered you just can't outgive God. I'll end with this story. I had a, a family in our church who was a very, very generous and at times they'll come and help us and make commitments. And so they came to me and they said, over the years, Pastor Jerry, God has blessed us. And we, we didn't really realize it. We got saved. We had done very well in business and we were kind of in this semi-retirement season. And, and then we started learning the principle of generosity and stretching your resources. And they said, so God spoke to us to begin to give. And we began to give. And, and then along came this opportunity and we invested in this particular thing. And as we invested in it over the years, we don't have a business anymore. We just receive our retirement. We live on that. But this investment was kind of the vehicle for us to give. And so what happened is we just started giving. And every time, it had to do with stocks, every time that we'd give, it seemed like God would bless it. In fact, he said, Pastor Jared, the Lord spoke to me and I want to help with Santa Paula campus and I want to give some money to help you guys to, to do the expansion there and remodel. And so we're doing a remodel over there. And so he said, I want to give that to you. So he talked to me. And so then we ended up um, meeting and had lunch. And as we were talking, he said, I know I, I'm trying to get you the money, but what's crazy is, is that um, I'm working on getting the stocks transferred over. But what's crazy is from the moment I told you that I was going to give you the money, before I could get you the money, 
the stock has grown so much that it's already paid for what we were going to give to the church and we have that much now in our account left over. And he said, Jared, what's crazy is that's not unusual. He said, this stock over the years has grown to the point where it's been, if I would have kept it all, and I, I, you know, obviously probably wouldn't have been blessed the way it was if he kept it because it was through the releasing that it multiplied. He said, it's turned into amazing amounts of money. I can't believe how much we have given to the kingdom over the last many years. Here's why. Because they realize that God can't bless what you don't place in his hands.